Gary Bartholomew Stoller. Hey, how are you? Good. Welcome to a day in sports. Excited to be here on a Sunday. We always are. Um, and uh, today we're going to start with, of course, something that's on everyone's mind, certainly across the United States and some of us abroad. And uh, the sports um, figures who have been involved or have come out in response to George Floyd. Yes, which has been, um, which obviously was horrible and um, has caused, as many of you know, a lot of riots and unrest in the country. Um, but as always, I always feel excited and happy when I see sports stars come out um, and use their platform for good. And LeBron, of course, was very quick. <laughs> And he was trying to defend everything, you know, that the protests they had been doing, um, which I was which I thought was interesting. It's something I read that I liked the most was how how many different protests sports stars actually have done with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee and the I can't breathe shirts that Kobe Bryant and LeBron wore. And they've there's there have been a lot of peaceful protest um, and nothing's changed. I, I could see how that feels that way. So that's interesting. It it is, and and just for our listeners, you know, George Floyd, of course, arrested in Minneapolis earlier this week, and um, I think most of us have seen the horrific video footage of him lying on the ground with an officer having uh, uh, with his knee on his uh, neck, and uh, him uh, pleading that he he can't breathe, um, and those pleads were unheeded. And he died. Um, and as you say, pretty quickly, we had many athletes come out um, and had a lot of things to say. LeBron, I think, is the first one I saw. I don't know if he was the first. Mm -hmm. uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Demarcus yep. Lawrence from the Cowboys. Yes. Laura. Yeah. Um, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, the... You know, not even quite a rookie yet for the Bengals. Great. Um, he has actually said quite a bit. Trevor Lawrence, current quarterback of uh, the Clemson Tigers, right? JJ um, Watt. Pardon me. JJ Watt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, we've had some coaches, certainly Steve Kerr, um, and et cetera. So many have come out and are trying to use that platform, right, to to just keep shining bright lights on what keeps happening in the Af African-American community. Yep. And it's going to take all of them and it's going to take all different kinds of players and all different kinds. That's why I was happy when JJ Watt and different white players started to yeah. talk about this um, because it takes everyone to recognize it. I think it, it does. And uh, you, you, you bring up the, I can't breathe shirts from a few years ago that by the way, were were deemed against the rules. Mm -hmm. um, certainly, Colin Kaepernick has played paid a big price yeah. for for kneeling, um, and and I think many of us have seen the side by side yeah. image, right, of of Kaepernick kneeling and and then the police officer kneeling on Floyd's neck, and and how we we weren't okay, and I won't include me in the we with Kaepernick. Um, you know, here he was trying to talk about these issues directly um, in the African-American community by being silent, silently, silently taking a knee. But yet here we have another kneeing 
of a of a more um, nefarious sort in which you know a man ends up losing his life right yep and a and peaceful was what Colin Kaepernick was you know it's a peaceful kneel yeah. and there you know there's a lot I think hopefully people's perspective of all of this can shift a bit um that all the things the players have been trying to do have been peaceful movements um and really just trying to educate those around them and make sure they bring light to it so hopefully with everything going on in the unrest in our country maybe this will help shift or change turn a tide that's all i can that's all i can hope for um yeah and we can talk more i'm sure you know at least i hope this stays at the front of everyone's minds and and that there's real progress made given the systemic racism that exists in the states and that voices are are heard and and something positive long term comes out of what we keep seeing again and again i agree um and and we could go on longer talking about Kepernick and what might happen there. So maybe we'll save that um, for for down the road here as we hopefully see some things develop. Or even if we don't, I think we sh- you and I should should talk a bit more about what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on then uh, into uh, just a brief update on the Rooney rule that we talked about last week. Did you hear anything? I just have something quick on that, Laura. No, I don't, I don't know. So tell us all. So there's just a little bit of um, follow up, some some uh, NFL team uh, uh, players and head coaches have been interviewed. And by and large, there is support or positive comments for what came out of um, last week's discussions. We, we know that the incentives, you know, in the third round were, were tabled and that as a reminder, um, you know, quickly we have, uh, they now have to interview each NFL team, two head coaching candidates from outside the organization, hmm. one minority candidate from outside for any offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, or special teams coordinator positions. Hmm. Uh, they must, uh, also, in addition to minority candidates, include females uh, when they interview for team president, HR director, CFO, those sorts of things. Great. And one thing that I hope really becomes robust is each team also has to set up a coaching minority coaching fellowship program um, from which you know the idea is you would develop Wow. Um, younger coaches. So those are all good things. I, I will give one competing view there. And I think it was Mike Tomlin of the uh, Steelers who said he is encouraged. He didn't agree with the incentive laden stipulations or, or proposals from last week um, for reasons I think you and I discussed last week. But he did say he prefers an incentivized approach versus the punitive that currently exists it right uh, in effect every team you must do this or else this will happen yeah um so he does hope that that the adjustments they made last week have a positive benefit but he he and some others are really looking towards down the road a more incentivized system rather than a punitive so that's my update on the rooney rule I could see that. And it's interesting because if you 
if you have people interview the candidates, they can just do it as a token candidate, right? So it's there's no actual right. further incentive. It could just be a, a checkbox for many organizations. So I get the incentive approach would actually help you get around that. Um, it's true. And I think we've discussed it's, you know, the problems here are systemic, right? It's not that a lot of minority candidates are getting passed over at the coordinator level. There aren't enough at the coordinator level to, to begin with. So, um, exactly. um, okay, let's move on. Tell us, let's do the match, the, the big golf match wrap up, Laura, we gave it such hype and now it's happened. Hype. Yeah. And they're talking about trying to do another one. I, I wish they'd asked me who I wanted. Cause I want Stefan Curry to play Michael Jordan, <laughs> um, in golf each with tiger and phil on their team that would be the match three so you heard it out there world make it happen um it was good you, you know it rained like crazy yeah. at the opening and that made the mics bad and so the hard part about you learn that there's a lot of production in sports i learned that lesson because it was kind of quiet um, and you kind of just watched them play golf because the mics didn't work very well. Um, and there was some banter. And when there was banter, it was really funny and engaging. Um, Tom Brady hit the ball all over the course. And that was fun to watch. Right. And then he hit a shot in the hole from about 160 yards out when Charles Barkley was giving him talking trash. And then he told um, Charles to suck it, Chuck, is what Tom Brady <laughs> right. said. Was, which was the highlight. So there were really high moments, um, but it's interesting how much pomp and circumstance help sports kind of move and have a pace. Because really, you just watched them play golf, which I did because I miss sports and I watched the whole thing. And they had some, you know, contests at different holes and that kind of thing, which Tiger basically won every one. Um, and like we like we thought, Tiger and Peyton won. Peyton's a way better golfer than Tom Brady. Oh, right, right. And and Tom Brady took it, you know, most everything in stride. I think he felt pretty vindicated on the um the shot. It wasn't a hole in one, but boy, it was, as you said, over a hundred yards and and went in the cup at the right time. Uh well, you enjoyed it and so did over six million viewers. Um right. the, the numbers were really high, I think as is no surprise. Um, did you mention, I don't think you did, that Tom Brady split his pants? Yeah, <laughs> he's probably wearing too tight of pants because he's so fashionista. Well, and he he did say, and now I don't have the quote. He 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 tweeted something about now he knows he didn't say his church pants on the golf course, but it was funnier than that. Anyway, um, <laughs> he he allowed yeah. six million viewers to see that, and they raised, of course, the whole reason uh, was over right. twenty million dollars, right, for COVID related. Um, that's a lot of money charity you bet uh a lot so jj watt had one tweet that was really funny when tom brady was playing horribly jj watt tweeted because they put tweets up like so you could see you know what players were saying and he said we are literally one shot away from tom brady breaking his club over his knee because <laughs> <laughs> you could tell he was like about to like go crazy because he's so competitive but he tried to keep it cool um, yeah, it was great. I, I'm, I'm happy they did it as I think most of us are. And you're right. It wasn't the best TV ever and, and the rain dampened things, but they'll improve upon it. I hope they continue it. Match three, Stefan Curry, Michael Jordan. Heard it here first. <laughs> we did hear it, hear it here first, Laura, you're prophetic. All right, let's get to the Forbes highest paid athletes, 2020 list. 
Uh, we already um, detailed last week, number 29, Naomi Osaka. Did we not? We did. She's the highest female on the list. Yep. It's fun. People should search it. It's like a fun thing to look at because you're shocked by a couple people. I'll say my first shock, Kirk Cousins, number nine, folks. Which person does not belong in the top ten? Pretty quickly, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Very shocking. And and yeah, number ten right behind him is Carson Wentz. Um, but <laughs> but Kirk, I mean, and that's not a huge surprise. It is a surprise to me. What am I saying? But Kirk Cousins at number nine in the world. In the world. What? And it's and Carson Wick hasn't played in a consecutive couple games in in years. No, like uh, it's I, a lot of money to be hurt. Uh, what are we going to see? David fails the backup for the for the Jets on this list. Um, He's coming. Number one is Federer. Um, Roger Federer, Federer, and that's not a huge surprise. I mean, he's got great endorsements, and we know he's an amazing tennis player. Um, and uh, the next three are soccer players. Um, and I, right. I expected to see more soccer at the top. Um, of course, too. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar, Neymar. Um, of course, they would dominate i think their names their household names to some degree even in the states wouldn't wouldn't you think absolutely everyone knows them here even people who don't follow soccer know those three people yeah um lebron at five steph curry kevin durant at seven tiger woods just talking about him yeah. at eight and we already detailed nine and ten uh we won't go through the whole list certainly um connor mcgregor shows up at number 16 and uh, we do have more uh, professional soccer players that are sprinkled throughout. But uh, the story last week being that Naomi Osaka top paid female athlete in history still debuts at number 29. There you there go. There it is. All right, let's move to another sport. Major league baseball. How are we doing there in returning <laughs> to, to the diamond? Not so well, Gary. Um, it seems like the Major League Baseball is like is a dysfunctional family that's finally we can all see. Um, and it's out for us to look at and it's dysfunctional. Um, the owners are being pretty interested in making a lot of money. Um, and so are the players and no one's giving and no one wants to cut back and the owners want them to play like 65 games. The players want more games. Um, and it's at a standstill and I've heard that the players have no more interest in negotiating with people and owners that are crazy and have no idea what they want. So it's, it's the mockery of all the sports. They may really hurt themselves with what they're doing in terms of money. If they could have gotten this together and rolled out first, there would have been so much money in that people would have been into it and watched it. But now that they're going to be the last, if they even get off the ground, I think it's going to hurt the sport. Yeah, you and Buster only both um, uh, for ESPN, right? You know, probably the the most knowledgeable, in my opinion, sports baseball sports writer. He's really concerned um, about the future of the sport. That you know, it, it's it isn't as we used to say America's pastime. I think the NFL has become that, and you know, he's. He thinks it's a terrible idea that these two sides are so far apart. 
Um, yeah. You sound like you're you're in the same boat. I I don't know because I actually thought the NHL when they went on their last strike, I thought they were done, and yeah. and they're more popular and profitable than they were prior. Uh, and they're going to be rolling out pretty soon as well because they've been pretty seamless, like kind of quietly, like the dark horse of the major league sports. I feel like they've kind of just been yeah. going, moving right along, getting closer to playing. No issues, no problems. Nobody's talking about them, but they'll probably be playing before almost anyone else, um, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, so they, they certainly have been doing a good job. I, I, I guess. So, as I said, I'm not sure how this will affect baseball. I do agree that it's going to hurt. I don't know how much, but uh, they they're not close. I, I just, you know, as I was reading an article Buster wrote this morning, uh, it, it's shocking to me that they can't come together figure this out yep we'll have to watch but i don't think they're going to be close so. well let's stick with base baseball <laughs> yeah well yes i mean we'll have to stay tuned on this it's it's so dysfunctional um uh, let's stay with baseball tim tebow laura what do we got Tim Te well i forgot that he played major league baseball well kind right. of right he's in the minor but what i forgot that's what he went to go do it's so strange um you know, he he's the only minor league player that's been kept on the um, payroll for the New York Mets, <laughs> which people are very mad about. Sure. Um, but he's but he brings in ticket sales. He brings in money. Um, and interestingly enough, you know, I was ready to kind of sell him down the river, but he hit 275 um, last year and was in the all star game for the triple A or double A team that he played on which is like pretty good not that i'm saying you need to be the only player you keep but he's not so bad at baseball uh no he's not i mean he certainly is i i guess capable of staying in unless you listen to andrew church uh of the mets who was just let go a couple of nights ago did you hear about this i did not so he a pitcher um and i think he he made his way up to the majors um, at some point, but I, I might be wrong about that, but I think he did and then went back down. Well, they just let him go. As you said, as they've let about everybody go. And he had some, well, not so cryptic things to say about Tebow. He just didn't use his name um, and, mm -hmm. and really criticized ownership for making, as he says, a mockery of the Mets organization a, by even hiring Tebow, he said, we all knew what it was for, you know, why he, it was to sell tickets to begin with. But he alluded to Tebow not even being good enough to be in the minors when you have all of these other guys who are talented and trying to make it. But the resources are going to a guy who's already rich. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Complicated. So it is complicated, but uh, and for our listeners, minor league baseball is being gutted. Um, yeah, right. Away. That's where the owners have really begun deep cuts to, you know, due to their bank accounts to keep their bank accounts from from dropping out. I suppose. And this was the last month that they were paying the players. I think they were making something like four hundred dollars right. a week. Uh, and this was the last month. And you've seen some teams, some guys who make five trillion dollars step up and they're paying all the minor league players for the next a couple more months 
um, which is pretty cool to see um, that they care that much about their organization. It, it is. I guess the, the sad thing is that it just depends on then it's the luck of the draw as to which organization you're a member of. Right. Right. Because right. um, some owners have committed to paying a bit longer. Some already cut, you know, over a month ago, all payments to minor league. Um, so not a good time to be a rising baseball star. Oh, yeah. So as we said, I mean, this further evidence that baseball is a bit of a mess. But if you're Tim Tebow. Things are looking things good. Things are looking up. Well, let's move uh, to women's soccer. Laura, give us an update. I just think you should all know that the first sport that will go live and start back playing is professional women's soccer in the United States. Yeah. Talk about the dark horse, dark horses, much darker, the horse of the NHL, but um, they're going to be up and running just kind of quietly in the, in the <laughs> background and they're going to get started. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. Um, the ladies got it together and they're going live, I think within the next week. See, there's, I am not at all surprised that they got it together. Yep. Um, do you know, I'm sure they did COVID-19 uh, testing and all that. Do you know anything about what the parameters were leading up to this? No. They didn't talk a lot about it, and I don't know just because it wasn't an in-depth yeah. report. They just said that they were starting games like June 1 or, I mean, no, really soon. But I didn't see what the protocol was. But I'm sure they have it all Agreed. figured out. They just don't want to tell everybody. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and I'm sure – it was never all that contentious, probably, and everybody realized what they had to do, and they did it. And women's soccer is coming back, yeah, tomorrow practically. Um, yeah, well, tomorrow. let's stay with soccer, and we'll jump over uh, the Atlantic to where I am. Uh, we have uh, yeah. a number of the leagues are 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 up, either up and running or about to be. Um, we know Bundesliga has already been up and running, and we, we you and I talked last week about cardboard cutouts and the stands and all those things that's going on um, without much um, trouble. The premier league is coming back June 17th. All uh, right, quick. It's just two it's and a half one. weeks. Um, they tested about a, over 1100 players and staff, zero positive tests. Um, oh, is the disease going away? I mean, like, no, I feel like it's going down. No, everywhere. don't say that. We're going to listeners are going to think they can start hanging out at, at pools in the Ozarks together and on the beaches. <laughs> well, you know, our our listeners, I know most of them personally, they're all they're all very pragmatic, uh, smart. Good. Yeah. And, and remember to keep practicing social distancing and wear masks when yes. around other people. Yeah. Yes, um, you're right. Uh, well, it is shocking, Laura. I will agree that over 1,100 people were tested. Um, and I know the testing is not infallible and, and it, it's been wrong. It depends on what tests you're using. But that's a pretty good number. Now, in the Champions League, they're going to come back in August. And they had 10, post, uh, or 10 test positive uh, this past week. Um, and they'll go into their 14-day um self-quarantine and they'll be retested and there'll be more testing before they come back in August. The champions league was almost done by the way, um, w when the lockdown started to happen. So they, they're going to be done within the month of August. Um, it, it's the mm, other okay. leagues that had to go a little, a little longer. Um, La, uh, La Liga, June 11th. So anyway, there are all the leagues for the most part 
are they have plans to come back. There's no acrimony now, and they're they're just in you know business mode to get this thing moving. In Belgium, will those all those games be on TV? Is it kind of like it is here, where you get almost every soccer game, and soccer's always yeah. on the TV? Yeah, I mean, you can't walk by a bar or a pub. Well, in the before times, uh, where there wasn't, you know, you could hear the games being announced and people showing up early, and you know, there it's packed. I mean, it is no joke, legit. If you think you're going to go watch an NFL football game, you know, pick the three bars in the city of Brussels that actually show those. Um, it's it's really about European soccer, period. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, all right, let's go to let's finish up then, Laura, with the NBA since uh, I think we're running a tad long. Oh, the NBA. Yeah. Well. Looks like they're going to pull it off, but I mean, talk about a lot of people you got to test and they got to not, they got to have training camps and, oh, but they think they're going to do it. I think I, they're voting, but I think they think July 1 is the date and they're going to go to the wide world of sports resort in Florida um, and play from there, which is interesting. So uh, who knew? Yeah, I did, I did see that the, the vote's going to be June 4th, which I think is Thursday of this week. Um, and that, uh, as someone said it, uh, one of the NBA executives, the posturing will be over by June 4th because we we really have to just make a decision on what we're going to do. And it looks like Disney in Orlando is going to get you know, the, the playoffs. There'd be 22 teams. They, there was some discussion about all 30, but I think that's pretty much off the table. So 20, So like the NHL? Who's doing yeah, that? yeah, yeah. They're going to do 22 of 30 um, shortened series and see what happens. So I, I will. I, you and I don't know this yet, Average. right? Because the vote hasn't happened. It's not Thursday yet. But that's what looks like what's going to come out of it. Cool. I love a shortened series. I wish it was just a, a do or die game because then the Mavericks <laughs> could win the whole thing. They could beat the Clippers on one day of seven years but it could be that day well, so here's hoping yeah there's hoping for your mavericks all right laura take us to our question of the day well the question of the day is an interesting question um we're going to say our favorite nba mascot and i guess you could go with the mascot that appears on the shirts but if you think if this is something to sit and think folks think of all of the nba teams and how weird and obscure the mascot is the Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. And the, nobody has a real straightforward, not many of them, straight, the New Jersey Nets. Like everything's a little obscure. So anyways, we're going to tell you our favorite mascot. Um, and you guys should discuss that at your homes as well. Gary, NBA I, mascot. Well, I'm going to say my favorite uh, is uh, Sacramento Kings. Do you know? And it's it's the name. I have two that uh, the names I just think are clever. Um, Slamson the lion. So right, you get it. The kings, king of the jungle, is the lion, not Samson. Uh, oh, okay. But Slamson, I love that. So like, so like a lion runs around, like a yeah, 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 a lion. lion. You know, you, you what are you gonna do? Have a king like Burger King? Come on. Uh, Slamson, yeah, it's a lion. 
Uh, and he's king of the jungle and he slams the ball. I, I think it's pretty cool. The other one I, I think is really clever is the Orlando Magics. Do you know theirs? I don't. Stuff the Magic Dragon. Oh, yeah. and it's a dragon? A yeah. man dressed up as a dragon? It's great. It's pretty funny how, like, it's a little one-off because they're not the dragons, but they're the magic, but, like, they're all, like... Right, and then again, they, what are you going to do? Have a magician come out? Even mm -hmm. that, I think they realized this would be silly if we did this. Um, I, I will say my least favorite is the Celtics, this Lucky the Leprechaun. Uh, could they not pick a yeah. more... A, a, a druid, a Celtic warrior. Come on. Oh, cool. nice. Well, it's funny because all of these mascots are like really, really athletic, explosive little dudes who put on outfits and can like jump off a trampoline and dunk four right. basketballs at the same time. Like that's a common. And the one I, I often picture in my head doing that is, um, well, here's a weird one that, that gorilla that for the, Phoenix Suns, which, by the way, makes no sense that they have a gorilla. Yeah, see, this is what I did deep into this, folks. The, and you're going to be shocked at what people that gorilla really should be starting for the Sacramento Kings. Probably, he's so good. Uh, as you said, there these guys are all athletic, but he is the mascot for the Phoenix Suns. Okay, enough of that. Let's go to you, mascots. I'll be quick. The team doesn't exist, but I used to love the Seattle Supersonics. Um, and they had like a high flying dunking guy, which kind of went with the team when Sean yeah, Kemp yeah, was yeah. on their team member. Uh -huh. Sean Kemp won slam dunk contest every year in a row. Um, so I just loved everything about the Supersonics. Like I wasn't their biggest fan, but I loved the colors and the um, mascot and the name. Like, what is cooler than Seattle Supersonics? Like that's it's a great name a now name. being the Oklahoma Thunder. And by the way, how do you do yeah, that mascot? Not as cool. Thunder. All right. Back to you. Right. You can't. Yeah. So people dig deep into the NBA mascots. It's a bizarre. Wait, but who was the, the the supersonic? What was it? What did we know his name or what he looked like? What No. It was like a little like flash of lightning guy who like I... dunked and dressed up and funny remember like i don't remember kind of so you said in the green and yellow yeah and he kind of looked like a futuristic little guy with like a you know they i mean they all blur to me i don't know the name they all blur to me because they're all little guys with like funny things on their heads <laughs> and their calves are the size of like a mountain like that's right it's really funny. They're all so athletic. So if you're out there and you're athletic, but you don't make it, kids, think about being an NBA mascot. There is the advice of this podcast, everybody. And I agree <laughs> with you, Laura. I think that our listeners should right now start Googling NBA mascots because most of them make zero sense. Zero sense and do not connect to what the actual mascot name is. All so, right. That'll do it for go. me, Laura. Me too. Thank you all for being here and listening Bye, to everybody. Day in Sports.